Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. So today's discussion is going to be a bit about tarantulas and spiders in general, how they are portrayed in the media. Now, I did a podcast a while back about tarant. I believe it was like tarantulas in the media, or whatever. And we talked about some you know modern examples of them. We talked about Billie Eilish breaking out her GBB and whether it's good or bad and some of the depictions we see. But this one came more out of having a discussion with another keeper who is also, well, not also, I'm done with it, but was for many, many years battling arachnophobia. And we were kind of talking about where the arachnophobia came from and some of the theories behind it and some of the things that encourage it. And it kind of it caused me to really think back and take a, you know, a trip down memory lane to back when I was a young kid and what, why was I so scared of spiders in the first place? So obviously I'm not going to, this isn't going to be a big discussion on arachnophobia in itself, but there are, you know, several views, several theories on what causes arachnophobia. One that I read years ago was that our ancestors dealt with spiders, were probably, you know, bitten by spiders, maybe they died by it, whatever the deal was. The idea was we learned to be afraid of them because it was imprinted in our DNA that these eight-legged monstrosities are going to proffer nothing but death. So it's been basically coded into our DNA that we are innately afraid of them, which is definitely an interesting way of looking at it. And obviously, some people keep more genes, you know, as time went on, and we found antivenoms and found out that most of them were harmless, or maybe even, you know, we're talking about a time period where maybe there were ones that were more harmful for people out there. I, who knows, but the bottom line is some people kept this inherent fear of them. I also read a compelling argument a while back, which I've kind of disproven through my own children, talking about how arachnophobia can be learned from relatives. So I started thinking back to when I was a kid, my mom was absolutely terrified. She still is absolutely terrified of spiders. And I remember seeing her reaction to a spider. So when you're a little kid, that can have a profound effect when mom sees something that, you know, maybe... Not knowing any better as a child, just like, oh, it's a little bug, but mom freaks the heck out. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to freak out too. And so that's one that I've heard. And can that happen? I'm sure it probably can. I'm sure there are probably kids that learn that from watching their parents. I Even speaking to my students at school, my kids at school about arachnophobia, when spiders come up and I'm always trying to teach them, listen, they're not that big and scary. They can be, you know, they're good to have around your house. They're eating the bugs you don't want, whatever. And we talk about, you know, try to convince them not to kill them. But a lot of them will talk about the fact that their parents are usually Usually, you know, mom or dad or sometimes grandma, grandpa, somebody is deathly afraid of them. And that's something they've seen. And that's going to imprint on you. That's going to leave an impression. That's going to kind of, especially for a young mind, mold how you perceive these creatures. However, with my own children, uh, two of them aren't scared of them at all. Three of them aren't scared of them at all. My youngest is actually, I wouldn't go full bore arachnophobic, but he's not as like when he comes up to the tarantula room and looks at them, there is some fear there. I think he's gotten over it over the years when he was really a, a little kid, much younger. I think it was a more profound. I was seeing signs of somebody that probably would have grown up to be highly arachnophobic. But I do think by being around them all the time and seeing them like our house, there's always molts laying around on the counter. They're on the table. Like I'm, I'm stretching them out, trying to get a measurement on them or sex them, whatever. And it's kind of commonplace now. So I think being immersed in a household or where the Culture is tarantulas and spiders in general are a good thing. I think it's worn down a bit. I've seen he's up here sometimes now and doesn't really show a lot of fear. Is he going to stick his hand out and catch one? No, probably not. And obviously, we would dissuade that anyway. It's not something we do here. But I'm seeing somebody that's grown up with 
a more positive outlook on them. And I think that's really kind of formed who he is. If he had been in a household with my mother or with people who are highly arachnophobic that were smashing them every time they saw them or screaming when there was one in the shower, whatever it may be, he'd probably be deathly afraid of them. So maybe many of us, more of us have that gene in us or that predisposition to be afraid of them in us. And then that's the nature versus nurture part. The nurture kicks in. We have relatives that aren't afraid of them whatsoever. It's funny because my dad had no fear of spiders whatsoever. He was also the one that taught me you shouldn't kill them, which I thank him for to this day because I think that gave me more of a healthy perspective on them. A, a more of a, uh, I was fascinated by them, afraid of them, fascinated by them, but I respected them at the same time. Who knows if my mom was the same way? I probably would have grown up thinking they weren't that big of a deal. So as I was thinking about this, I started going back and thinking about what I used to watch as a kid. I was a huge, huge horror. I've been a huge horror movie fan for ever like my fondest oldest memories are my mom and I watching you know creature feature and stuff on the couch before I even started school I loved all the old movies and I started going back and thinking of some of the more profound (laughs) moments in cinema history that I had watched as a young impressionable child that probably encouraged this fear of spiders now We've talked before, and in the other podcast, we talked a lot about the fact that tarantulas, spiders, creepy crawlies, mostly tarantulas and spiders, A, it's one of the biggest phobias there is. When I looked up the top phobias in the world, because I did want to see if it was number one, I, I often hear that clowns or spiders alternate number one or two spot, but I guess the biggest phobia suffered by folks is, are the social types, but spiders are right up there. Spiders, snakes, clowns, believe it or not. A lot of folks are afraid of spiders, and the ones that aren't afraid of them, a lot of them are, you know, you whittle it down. I would say there's a good chunk of the population that's afraid of them, and then the people that aren't afraid of them just think they're disgusting, which is kind of sad. So it's a huge fear. So if you're making a movie back in the day, or even now, anytime now, they pop up all the time, and you want to immediately introduce the creep factor. You want to suck this person, these, this audience into the movie and know that you're going to scare a good probably 50% of them. You drop a spider in. You drop a tarantula. The bigger the spider, the better. Cobwebs. How many movies do... I mean, obviously, it comes from the fact that a lot of horror stories and, and whatnot take place in, like, haunted places where there haven't been people in a while, so there's going to be cobwebs. But let's not kid ourselves. The cobwebs, every time you see somebody walk through a cobweb in the movie, you immediately start scratching yourself because you know that if you walk through a cobweb, there is a good chance that there is a spider in those cobwebs. We've all done it. We've been in the basement where you, you walk through cobwebs, you feel something... All of a sudden, you're convinced you are covered in creepy crawlies. So it's an easy way to suck people in. And for years, the directors, the writers of movies, film, TV shows, even if it's not horror-based, they know if they want to quickly bring their audience into a situation where most of them are going to be creeped out, you introduce some spiders. But then something happens. Somebody went, hey, wait just a minute here. If people are scared of small, tiny spiders, what could be scarier? than a small spider what could be scarier than even a large tarantula how about a giant spider or a giant tarantula somebody finally figured out that there's nothing you know these little guys they scare us because they can climb on us they can bite us Ooh, it hurts what if one of them was large enough uh, large enough to eat us so then we have movies like tarantula 1955 movie that if anybody hasn't seen it, i would encourage you to check it out. i actually watched it rather recently within the last couple of years or so and i think i mentioned this in the last podcast i did talking about tarantulas in media and supposedly there is a young uncredited 
Clint Eastwood on the end, who's playing a fighter pilot. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but it was good enough for me to get the, get me to watch the movie. But anyway, I can remember seeing this movie as a kid being absolutely horrified. Like, why would anybody make this movie? I remember the scene where it's coming over the house and the woman's in the house. And I was like, this could happen to us. There could be a giant spider out there. And what would a giant spider do? Well, obviously, it would actively hunt down people and eat them. So we struck a nerve with this movie where folks suddenly started realizing that there are scarier things out there than little spiders that might bite. There are big spiders. And obviously, people flocked. This was a popular movie. It's still a fun one to watch. And it created that idea. And, and obviously, it didn't stop with spiders. If you follow film cinema, we love making giant animals. Giant animals, you know, giant bears, giant sharks, giant ants, whatever it may be. Praying mantises, we just love, you can get into the whole Japanese kaiju. A lot of them are giant animals, crab spiders, whatnot. It, it's something that we are obsessed with. Just look, we just had Kong versus Zilla, Godzilla. Like, we love that kind of stuff. But it started off a little more humbly where we just went, you know what, let's take this little small eight-legged creature that people are terrified with, make it super huge, and scare the crap out of people. So I will tell you, as a child, that did nothing <laughs> to dispel or to alleviate my fear of spiders. It created, as a matter of fact, it reinforced them because now I am seeing, all right, I'm scared of these guys because they're little, but here we got a big one. It's not friendly. We're not riding it. We're not going like never-ending story, riding through the town, chasing bullies with it, although that would be something. There's a plot there for somebody that's a writer. But it, it reinforces that idea. And then I remember another movie that used to play all the time. It was originally Creature Feature, and there was Creature Double Feature, and Creature Double Feature was so much better because you got two movies for the price one but they played a lot of those old black and white horror movies which I absolutely to the date still adore I've been trying to track them all down in blu-ray and stuff to kind of relive my childhood but the incredible shrinking man was another one that featured what and it's funny because I can't when I think back I haven't seen this movie in a while although I'm going to definitely order a copy because it's been too long but I remember this story not only being kind of sad and, and frightening the thought of just getting smaller and smaller and smaller but one of the big, we'll call it boss fights in this, one was a cat. I remember a cat trying to get a hold of him. And one of them was against a spider. I believe he gets locked in the basement or something. He goes toe-to-toe with a spider, and he ends up fighting it. If I remember correctly, he pokes it with a pin. And I remember that being one of the most horrifying scenes to that point that I had ever seen as a child. Now, granted, I was very, very young, but I was already scared of spiders. My mom was already scared of spiders. She's watching it, like, barely able to watch it because she can't even look at spiders. Like, she has a hard time even looking at just still pictures of them, never mind movies. And I remember her distinctly on the couch, like, oh my God, I can't watch this. And me kind of watching it being like, oh my God, this is horrifying. Another horrifying image of a spider coming out of human being, a giant spider about to, it's trying to, now if you think about it, if you reverse it, <laughs> nowadays, this is kind of how I see it. That poor spider is just living in the basement, looking for something to eat. There's this little thing running around. He doesn't know what it is. It could be an insect, whatever. It's praying at him. It's triggered its web. It's going to eat him. Uh, I remember also, Another scene that killed me when I was a kid, the movie The Fly with Vincent Price, 1958, had a scene at the end where the other part of his DNA was fused with a fly. It was more human than the actual fly-like monster that was in the, the majority of the movie, and it was stuck in a web, and there was a spider coming. I remember that scene in particular. A, the thing was like screaming, help me, in this really high-pitched voice, which was completely disturbing, but the idea that it was about to get devoured by a spider freaked me out. Like, I couldn't even... And that was the point as a kid where I really started seeing spiders as villains, as creatures that are somehow evil and nasty. 
Obviously, they're only eating animals. They're eating little bugs and pests that normally we don't want in our house in the first place. But I started thinking of how horrible it would be to be one of those little bugs because of these scenes in these movies and wrapped up in that web and knowing that that spider is coming for you. So that scene had a very profound effect on me as far as encouraging and strengthening the arachnophobia that I was always feeling. And then, you know, it got to the point where any time a spider, speaking of the villainous of spiders anytime a spider appeared in something if it wasn't just to creep you out like a lot of old movies you'd see the b smithies sitting you know they'd come out and be like oh spider oh my god so big even though big smithies are pretty laid back and you know tractable overall but when they weren't being used as a prop when they featured heavily in a movie or a tv show they were the bad guys they were to be feel feared they were treated as if they were evil creatures 1967 gave us the son of godzilla and we talked about the kaiju earlier it gave us kumonga which was a giant spider that obviously godzilla was going to have to fight and kill and there we have it like every anytime you look at that era of godzilla movies it was godzilla who was usually the good guy you had the other kaiju that were usually the bad guys and so immediately it's set up as a villain he wasn't one of the ones that help Godzilla he was trying to get Godzilla he was trying to kill Godzilla Godzilla had to destroy him so you have again those situations where spiders are shown as being you know especially with Kumonga it's it's they've those kaiju had personalities they were characters in these movies so to speak and now we're getting again that image that they're to be feared they're evil they're bent on destruction they're bent on killing everything just reinforcing that whole outlook on them also, in 1967, a movie that really messed me up, is, it's, it's one I kind of saw later on, thank God, I did not see this on Creature Feature that I remember, but watch it again recently, Spider Baby, where there is a young woman in it who's got some, let's just say she crawled out of the shallow end of the gene pool, and I mean that in the absolute literal sense, it was very shallow. Her name was Virginia, and she was obsessed with spiders, hence the name of the movie Spider Baby, that was another one, the craziest movie ever made, it had another title before, but... Spider Baby is what it's normally known as, and she was so obsessed with spiders that not only did she keep two pet spiders that, re that she referred to, I can't remember the names, but they, she referred to them like they were people, and again, I believe they were hemorrhoi, I'd have to double check on that one, but anyway, she was so obsessed with spiders that her way of killing people was she carried around like this rope net, and she'd throw the rope net on people, and then she'd take these two butcher knives, like two fangs and then she'd stab people with them and it was just I remember watching it like holy geez this is bonkers so again the woman that the girl that's obsessed with the spiders is a villain it's basically emphasizing their killer instinct how they hunt and again I think part of going back to my own realization where I started thinking about how terrible it would be to be captured by a spider because you know what's coming at least not so much with tarantulas I think it would not that I'm sitting there trying to figure out which death would be worse but with spiders with a web if you're wrapped in a web you're you have time to recognize oh my god the end's coming here it comes it's coming at me I'm powerless to do anything I can't move it's going to stab me it's going to hurt eventually the venom will take over but it's not going to be a very quick and painless death I'm thinking with tarantulas it would be like the bam you got hit ow it's happening and and then you I don't know we're not going to break down but any either way seems horrifying and spider baby kind of took that and turned it into their psycho killer her how she operates her mo and once again, reinforces the idea that if you like, now think about it, Spider Baby was obsessed with spiders. She had two of them. She kept, she seemed to love them. She kept them as pets. 
a lot of us listening to this podcast right now keep ours as pets, but we're not running around throwing nets on people and killing them. But look at the connection that's made there. That if you like spiders for pets, you're obviously, and, and she was literally in this movie, I believe, inbred, uh, disturbed, and could be a potential killer. So look at the negative connotations there. So the 70s roll along, we get a couple other really well-known kind of schlocky, campy, giant spider and spider movies. We get the giant spider invasion, and then we get one of my favorites, Kingdom of the Spiders with the great William Shatner. Uh, all With all fairness, other animals were getting the whole giant treatment too in the 70s. We start figuring out that, hey, there's nothing scarier than giant predators that could eat us. But the ants were getting it, obviously, with, was it them? But they were more, once again, and I remember seeing these movies as kids, being freaked out. For these movies, it didn't matter that the writing might have been terrible, that the story was ridiculous, that the facts they give you about spiders are ridiculous and completely wrong. All you needed to know was that there were spiders and a lot of them and they were eating people and that's all it took. It was it was cheap. Talk about cheap scares. It doesn't get any cheaper than that. You don't even really have to have much of a plot when the majority of your audience is probably watching this movie is already freaked out, terrified, or disgusted by spiders in the first place. So more movies that reinforce that idea that they are creepy, they are to be feared, they are to be killed if there was ever a point where they get extra big or if there were a lot of them they the only thing they're going to be able to think about is killing and devouring human beings because obviously that's what spiders think about during the day that's honestly that sounds like the description of the obt i get for most people that buy into all the hype on it and they read stuff online they see videos and they're like oh my god these guys are horrible the the obt too bad we didn't have them in the hobby back then because they would have been superstars in these movies because then people would have you know they would have seen this orange flaming orange spider in a movie and went whoa is that even real find out it's real and then they would have read all these stories is how they really do want to just eat your face off. So thankfully they weren't around back then. We would probably be fighting an even worse stigma with the OBTs. Actually, they probably wouldn't use them in movies because they'd be too busy biting everybody trying to manipulate them because they don't like that kind of stuff. They're not, they wouldn't be the superstar spiders. They would not be what you'd want to use. And now we jump to the 80s where, and this sadly is one of my favorite horror movies, but it has a ridiculous scene in it. Fulci's horror classic, The Beyond, which I believe is 1981, has one of the most over-the-top, ridiculous death scenes involving spiders that I've ever seen. But I have to admit that when I first saw this movie years ago, I had a crappy VHS copy of it. That scene scared the heck out of me, and I I honestly didn't know any better. These spiders, basically this guy falls down, I believe breaks his neck, he's still conscious, he can't move, and all of a sudden this, like, for lack of a better term, herd of spiders and tarantulas start closing in on him. Now, some of the spiders in this scene are played by spider actors and actresses, and they are real spiders, which I love seeing any of us that are into tarantulas, and we all do this, and I'm sure some people are going to go out and check out some of these movies. I have to go back and rewatch a couple of them because I want to see what species they are. A lot of us love going through the movies and trying to figure out what species was that. This one's got, if I remember correctly, there's a, back in the day, it was probably B. Smithy, or it was probably E. Smithy, Ulethless uh, Smithy, uh, maybe a curly, I don't remember specifically which spiders are, I just remember this one ridiculous, there's a couple ridiculous puppet ones that just kind of, they're stiff and they bounce back and forth, but anyway, the, the spiders move in on this guy, they climb up, and they start doing what spiders do, eating him, and when I say eating him, I mean eating him, they are using their fangs to rip his lips off, his face off, his nose off, it's disgusting, it's gory, it's flipping ridiculous. Last time we watched it, Billy and I were laughing so hard at it. 
However, again, I got to back up and say the first time I saw this movie, I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13, probably too young to be watching the movie in the first place. But I remember being like, that scene was most the most horrific thing I had ever seen in my pre-adolescent life at that point. It just blew my mind. Now, as adults and as thinking human beings that know what these creatures are about, it's stupid as heck. But again, it reinforced that idea that if you were to put a bunch of the spiders together, now granted, if this were to happen in real life, half those spiders would be eating each other. But in my mind, hey, nothing could be scarier than me. Again, back to that paralysis thing. Like we talked about with true spiders, you get stuck in their web. Tarantulas obviously don't use their webs that way. So at least they did this correctly in this movie. The person was paralyzed, but still that idea that you are going to see them coming towards you, they are going to slowly consume you and there's nothing you can do about it. So nasty scene, again, reinforces the whole idea of spiders being terrible, nasty creatures. Now let's bump up to the 90s, 1990 to be precise, and you guys all know what's coming. Everybody's favorite, you know, crazy, over-the-top, wacky, completely ridiculous spider movie, Arachnophobia. I believe a bunch of folks rewatched this recently. Billy and I rewatched it recently, and as a kid, when this movie came out, I remember the posters had a lot of hype, and I remember thinking this is going to be the scariest movie I ever see in my life because, again, at that point, my arachnophobia was so bad that I had a hard time watching scenes in movies where spiders were anywhere near people. So if like a, a scene that would completely creep me out, it would be like somebody going to reach for something on a table and there's a spider really close to their fingers. That would just totally jeep me out. I remember my mom trying to watch this with me and she could barely watch the movie because the spiders were everywhere. It was ridiculous. They had, I believe, the the big queen spider was either a T-Blondie or T-Sturmy, if I remember correctly. It was a puppet Sometimes, but I believe the one they used when they actually showed a real spider was a blondie or a stormy. And then the funniest part is the little crazy killer nasty. If, if you watch the plot of the movie, they're super venomous. They can kill people super easily. They were social huntsmen, uh, Delena cancerides, which are a species that are very docile, not non-threatening to people at all. And they used the social ones because they were going to have scenes where there were a lot of spiders in it. And obviously, it wouldn't work to have the spiders all eating each other. So really a fascinating, beautiful species of huntsman or crab spider. And they totally villainized them in this movie. Like, And, and I will tell you, watching these spiders, if you've watched Huntsman Move, they're an arachnophobe's worst nightmare because they can move in any direction super quickly. They can jump. And this movie takes full advantage of the fact that these are fast-moving spiders and creepy spiders. Something about a spider whose legs curl in like a crab somehow makes it even more spooky and unsettling. So this movie was a very pop. I can remember when it came out, there was a huge lead up to it. I think it did very well in the theaters. When it came out in rental, everybody was renting. It was one that when you're you know, a teenager, you and your friends grabbed it and tried to get through it. Like, oh my God, it's so creepy. And it left a huge impression because we're still talking about it years later. I, I don't want to call it a cult film because I don't think it really is a cult film. It did very well. Usually I think of cult films as ones that didn't do really well when they were released and then find an audience later on. I just think it's one of those lingering, enduring films that everybody goes back to every once in a while and giggles at. It's so ridiculous and over the top and some of the information is ridiculous but 
a fun movie, I guess, but not one that did anything to dispel my intensifying fear of spiders. If anything, that movie made it 10 times worse because there were scenes in that movie like the original nest for the the spider was in a barn and we lived on a farm. We had a, you know our main barn and then several other barns around there and I remember going in there and seeing the cobwebs after that movie and I would just assume there were spiders everywhere ready to pounce on me. It just creeped me the heck out. So again, it intensified. And this is, you know, I want this, this is kind of a fun one because for me, it's going through, it's bringing two things together, my love of horror films and my love of spiders. But I can now look back as an adult who has conquered his fear of spiders and recognize how much, although these things were entertaining and I enjoyed them and I loved them and they scared me and they freaked me out, how bad it was for my arachnophobia. This is why I got to the point where shortly before I started keeping the queen, I couldn't even stand to sit. Like I saw, I would see a spider on a wall 10 feet away. It would freak me out. So it didn't help my situation any. So let's bounce up to 2002, the probably the most ridiculous, I don't know, they all could, there's an argument for all these being the most ridiculous movie featuring spiders, but this one, they just, with the poor CGI and the ridiculous stuff in the beginning with the scientist and, Eight-Legged Freaks. Uh, what a, I actually saw this movie. I did not see it in 2002. In 2002, I had already had the queen. I was trying to get over my arachnophobia, hoping to get over my arachnophobia, and the movie just looked like it was terrible. So we ended up watching it several years later, and I will admit it was goofy fun. The, the spiders chasing the kids down on the dirt bikes and eating them was so mean-spirited and hilarious, I couldn't help but giggle. The scenes with... Tom Noonan, I think, was the crazy scientist that was obsessed with spiders and had the laboratory full of spiders, and I think he had some avicularity in there, and he was saying all these facts about them that weren't facts that were ridiculous, and these little CGI spiders would pop out and eat things. The whole movie was just ridiculously bad, and I did rewatch it again more recently, and it was just as bad. I enjoyed it. I'll admit I enjoyed it, but it's, it's total garbage meant to kind of cater to folks who are scared. It, it, it just, it was a cheap shot, and I don't mean it, like, the movie's fun and I do think that movie is a cult movie now I don't think it did great when it was in the theaters but I think a lot of people see it so and I will watch it again but I do think it was like one of those ones where they had the spiders they knew people were going to be afraid no matter how bad the CGI was so they just put together a ridiculous movie so that was another one and that one I have to say at that point I was already starting to get I wouldn't say I, was, I wasn't even anywhere near being cured to be completely honest but I think that fear was definitely dissipating a bit after keeping the queen for a while I really loved that animal and although she still kind of freaked me out a little bit I was starting to appreciate them even more than I did before I think it it was, I was ready to get rid of my fear. So the movies, these movies are all fun, and I would encourage folks, if you haven't seen them in a while, check them out. It's, it, again, one of the fun things to do when you're into tarantulas is to go and try to watch the movies, figure out which species are in there. I love doing that. A lot of us geek out when that type of stuff is. But the, the problem with these things is they not only reinforced, encouraged arachnophobia, but a lot of them were f very exploitive, often filled with ridiculous information that led to many of the myths that we have surrounding these animals. And it did not perpetuate a culture where we respect them for the good they do. Instead, it reinforced that idea that they're terrible animals, horrible, evil creatures. So 
we can't really cover spiders without covering some of the the most obvious ma- examples of mainstream use of spiders as villains. And unfortunately, they're in film series that many of us absolutely adore. I had to bring these in for honorable mention. Now, granted, by the time I saw these movies, I was well on my way to getting over my arachnophobia, so it did not creep me out as much as it should. And then it should be mentioned that both of these, although I'm talking about the movies, they're in the books as well. I'm talking about Harry Potter. We have Aragog. That scene traumatized how many kids? It's funny. We were talking recently with some of my students, and they were talking about spiders and stuff in movies, and one of them was talking about how the scene with Aragog in it really freaked them out because they were terribly afraid of spiders, and that was this horrific spider monster. But another example of the spiders being used in movies as villains. They're not helping anybody. They're not even passive. They are flat-out villains, almost like, in many cases, they're like bosses in a video game like oh here we go they've got to get by this giant spider that's going to try to eat them lord of the rings absolutely huge lord of the rings geek love the books love the movies and anyone who's familiar with them knows where i'm going with this we have shelob who's obviously a villainous in the so to speak in the movies of the lord of the rings trilogy she's the one that almost kills frodo and there's a big fight scene with sam not a, again, a favorable depiction of spiders. Again, they could have been just passive creatures. I, I get when they end up being passive creatures, but they always end up set up as to be like the big villains or again, like one of those boss villains in a game. And then The Hobbit has the spiders in it, which those actually talk. And again, they're the spiders in this case, they're more, it, it almost seems like, you know, again, they give them voices so they sound evil, but they're trying to eat and they've got, you know, Little little prey at them sitting in there, except for the fact where some of them attack Radagast because, again, there are signs that everything gets dark. All these spiders start attacking because, again, what's creepier than being attacked by a bunch of spiders? What's more evil if there's an evil out there, an evil entity? What are its minions going to be? Obviously spiders. What's more evil and nasty than spiders? And you have to wonder with, you know, moving into the next small little segment Video games, the depiction of spiders in video games has always been horrific. If you play fantasy games, RPGs, there's always a slime and there's always a spider, whether it be a boss or just regular enemy. They're always bad guys in it. And you have to wonder if that wasn't inspired by, you know, the fantasy of J.R.R. Tolkien, the Hobbit series, the Lord of the Rings, where, all right, obviously, if we're going to be trying to uh, complete a quest, what is one of our big bad enemies going to be? Spiders. And it's funny because I was looking up some, I I was trying to figure out like if there are any really good specific, all I can think of as far as specific examples of spiders in video games or the Dark Souls series, because that tends to be, I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. I play a lot of those games, love the spiders. I can't tell you how many people name their own spiders after those, but I was looking up, are there any other big ones I should know about? And I found a whole, I, I went down this rabbit hole of all these people that can't play video games have spiders in them so it'll be like they'll put up like hey i've got dark souls 3 here can somebody tell me if there's spiders in it because if there's spiders in it, i can't play it i couldn't play the other dark souls because of those spiders and that blew my mind like people are so scared of them they can't even see them depicted in video games so that was a whole nother like talk about mind blown there and and talk about feeding beautifully into what this whole podcast is about there are folks out there that have a hard time even approaching these video games because of the depiction of our eight-legged friends in them. That's insane. I mean, I was scared of spiders, but I used to play video games with spiders in them, no problem. Uh, I think my mind really differentiated very well between this is a real spider, this is a you know a video game spider. I don't think it ever, even thinking back to when I was really arachnophobic, 
like spiders in games didn't bother me. So to know that there are people that arachnophobic and know that again, having spiders as enemies in it isn't going to help that. If we had spiders that were helping us, maybe you're riding them. I don't know, maybe that would help a little bit. But obviously the ones I think of as far as video games are concerned are the ones in the Dark Souls series. You know, the Armored Spider, uh, Quelag, the Chaos Witch, Quelag Witch. <laughs> it's funny, there is a line, I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Dog Soldiers, but there's a line where they ask him what he's afraid of, and he says, spiders and women and spider women. And we used to quote this line all the time because it just it's just an amusing line. And then this game came out, and they had what would a spider woman would look like. And it's horrific. You know, the top half's looking pretty good. Bottom half is a giant spider whole boatload of nightmares there and then what is the other one? Oh, duke's dear freya is another one dark souls 2 another spider boss and they're all bosses they're all i won't go so far as to call them evil because there are storylines that give them a little more character and make them a little more than just evil entities but they are bosses and they're your enemies and they're trying to kill you and they're horrific so again reinforcing that now obviously by this point when I started playing the Dark Souls games Tom's Big Spiders I believe had already begun and I was really getting over my fear and as I mentioned already video game spiders didn't scare me at all that that was not the cheap shot of trying to put a spider in a video game is scary never really worked for me but obviously when I was doing my research there are people there that play these games and it just encourages it there was one of them saying flat out that Quelog the Cast which Quelog was one of the most horrific things they had ever seen, and they struggled to beat her because it scared them so badly. There's another. I'm missing one of the the spider ones, and my son would kill me on this one. But anyway, it just showing how we are constantly bombarded through popular popular media, through TV, through video games, to recognize and to believe that spiders are bad, they're evil, they're enemies. And anybody coming to these movies, watching these movies, playing these games that already have that bud of arachnophobia or full-blown arachnophobia, it's just going to make it worse. Now, before we end this off, I tried to think of some positive examples of spiders in media. And they're few and far between. <laughs> There's not a lot of them out there, but there were a couple I remembered as kids that as kids, and when I was a kid, that did impact how I saw spiders. One right off the bat, Charlotte's Web. I remember hearing that book as a kid, and it totally flipped how I thought of spiders. Like, suddenly, I didn't see the little spiders in the barn. And again, I, I talked about, I was, we grew up on a farm. There were spiders everywhere for a little while, at least. I was able to look at the spider up in the corner and go, hey, maybe that's a nice spider. Maybe it's like Charlotte. Maybe she would try to help, you know, one of my goats. If something, my dad was going to take it to get butchered or something, she would try to help the goat. The relationship between Charlotte and Wilbur was amazing. And I think one of the finest uses of a spider in some type of fiction where the spider is actually a good character. And, and it's, I think for a lot of people that I've talked to, we've talked about the fact that Charlotte Webb was, Charlotte's Webb, could it undo all my, I mean, obviously I read this when I was really young and it didn't completely undo my arachnophobia, but it did for a little while at least give me a different perspective on spiders and I started to see them a different way. Another one that comes to mind or came to mind when I was thinking about positive examples I had of spiders when I was a kid was the book. I read the book James and the Giant Peach by Ruald Dahl, and that one had obviously Miss Spider in it, who was one of my favorite characters in the whole book and really kind of 
again, for a little while at least, made me look at Spider's like, hey, maybe you're like Miss Spider. But she was like the motherly figure for James. She tried to help him. She tried to support him. It was a weird, you know, leave it to Raw Dahl to create a character that goes completely against stereotype, flip it around, and instead of the Spider being the one trying to do him harm, is the one protecting him. And I thought that was pretty awesome. And again, it it had an impact as a, a young kid who was scared all the spiders, it made me kind of see them in a different way. And now I'm going to go up to 2004. This one didn't impact me, but my kids used to watch it. I had a love-hate relationship with this show. The Miss Spiders, Sunny Patch Friends, if anybody's... It was the most confusing thing ever. I remember even as an adult, I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that the it was a woman spider, very motherly spider, who keeps all these other adopted insects as her children. So she's not eating them. Apparently it's the world's first vegan spider. She's got like, I don't, they're all different bugs like mosquitoes, fireflies. I don't know. I, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the show, but Miss Spider was pretty, pretty awesome character. She was nice. A kid seeing this. What I did like about it is that kids that watch this show we're now seeing, albeit it was an unrealistic depiction of spiders, because I don't care how much we love them, they're not going to live with other insects peacefully while they, I don't know, drinks, I don't know what she was drinking, soy milk, whatever she was getting her protein from. It wasn't these little insects, but it did give the kids a different view of what spiders could be, and the fact that they weren't, she wasn't obviously depicted as bloodthirsty and trying to eat them, we'll go over to another character in a moment that used to do that, but motherly figure. So again, like, Charlotte, like Miss Spider from James and the Giant Peach, we have another positive example of a spider being a, a nice person. <laughs> I guess she's not a person, but you know, when you anthropomorphize them, in that case, it fits. Another good example for kids and something that kids would see and hopefully grow from and recognize that when they see a spider outside, now it's not quite so scary. Maybe this is the Miss Spider one. Now, there was another character on it that I love named Spideris, who was just the, he was basically the grouchy neighbor. But there was always those thinly veiled threats that he really wanted to eat Miss Spider's kids, which I always found hysterical. Like we always joke, my son and I, my oldest son and I used to watch this one, but we'd always joke about the fact that eventually he's just going to eat them all because he gets sick of it. Because when the kids, you know, when your next door neighbors are technically something you would normally eat and they're annoying and they're doing stuff to annoy you, I mean, I think it would make sense for him to eat them at that point. But anyway, it was a cool depiction of spiders. And then most recently we have Lucas the spider, Lucas the jumping spider, which was a huge YouTube sensation. I think they actually turned it into an actual animated cartoon series. I could be wrong with that one, but maybe it's just the YouTube one or YouTube series. Anyway, I can't tell you how many people will come to me and say that they discovered spiders through Lucas, that it allowed them to see spiders as something more than scary creatures. A lot of folks, believe it or not, and I was the same way, the scariest spider in the world for me when I was growing up was a male jumping spider. Those little black things that would pop out of nowhere and jump on you. And I've spoken to so many other people that when we talk about spiders and I keep spiders, like, you know what really scares the heck out of me? Those jumping spiders. And then you get Lucas, who's a little female, I think he's a female jumping spider. It looks like a female jumping spider. And it's cute. It's voiced by a little kid. It's got those big eyes, which it's easy to see Lucas and then see a real jumping spider and translate that over, especially when you see real jumping spiders, how smart they are and alert and people actually have ones that are kind of I would call tame so it really helps people especially younger generations but I've even talked to full adults that watch those shows full adults not confused with half adults but adults that watch that show and it's helped them get over the fear so next thing you know it, they're keeping jumpers next thing you know it, they're moving into other spiders faster spiders and then you have a situation where they're getting over their fear a bit 
So what's to take away from this? Is this going to change? Heck no. Let's call it as it is. The fear of spiders is never going away. If it is ingrained in our DNA, then it's probably going to be maybe thousands of more years before it wears away. I don't know if it'll ever wear away. It's been with us this long. It's probably not going anywhere. If it's something we learn from watching other adults or people in our lives react to them, again, I don't think that's going away. It's always going to be there. And our movies and media and video games and books going to continue to use spiders as villains and scary props. Absolutely. It's not going away. Let's call it as it is, guys. We love them. We adore them. We recognize how important they are, but they are very fearsome predators. You can't take that away. They, there are many senses. Many of us see them as rather emotionless. They're not going to look at a little screaming. If I shrunk down to an inch tall and you drop me in with my one of my spiders, they're not going to go, oh, that's Tom's big spiders. Hey, man, what's up? They're going to eat me because they're going to see me as prey. So that that is a kind of scary thought. And again, we talked about the fact that just the way they eat, the idea of being punctured with those fangs, if it's true spiders, being wrapped up in a web and knowing it's coming, that's some, that's some scary stuff. So it's not going to go away because I do get why people see them as frightening. I came from that area, uh, that mindset. I understand it. I, I appreciate it. Bottom line, if we did have giant spiders in the world, like big, giant, 12-foot spiders, they would see us as food. It wouldn't be a personal thing. It wouldn't be they were being villains or trying to be nasty. We would be a nice, probably a very easy meal for them, nice and squishy, like feeding them one of them giant blue gummy worms that people use. So I get it. It's not going to change, but it does. It is great food for thought to consider how much as humans and as people who consume vast quantities of media, whether it be video games, movies, TV shows, it's just amazing to think about how much we are bombarded with these negative images of these animals. And granted, there's been other ones, sharks, you know, I think of Jaws, what Jaws did for the shark population. It was horrendous because everybody immediately turned all sharks into bloodthirsty predators that just chase down males. We've done it with other things, but spiders have had a long tradition of it. I think probably if you go through, it would be neat to go through and see every movie a spider appeared in as a way to just get a cheap scare. I'm sure there are hundreds, if not thousands of them. And that's not including the ones I've named here where they were specifically used in horrific scenes or to scare people or to be enemies. There's so much out there. So Again, it was fun for me to kind of go back and, you know, go down memory lane, so to speak, and think about some of these very influential movies I saw as a kid, as a child, even as a young adult, a teen growing up, and how they probably influenced that fear of spiders I had. Luckily, I'm over that now. Now I can go back and I can watch them, laugh at them, laugh laugh at the misinformation, laugh at how they're used, how they're kept, sometimes cringe at how they're kept in the movies. It's, It's deplorable. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have done the same. So with this one, feel free to chime in. I would love to someday get a big comprehensive list of all the ones they appear in. I'm sure I missed some stuff. These were just ones that I knew off the top of my head that I had seen and ones that had, you know, some of them are obviously quite popular and well-known, others not so much, but ones that I could say definitely impacted me. 
And what else is out there? What have you guys seen? Are there other positive examples of it? I'd like to think there are other ones. I'm sure there are in cartoons and stuff. There must be stuff out there where they show them more positively. But again, there's not a lot. It's it's just the nature, well, the nature of the beast, so to speak. So please chime in with any of the ones you've seen recently, some of the funnier moments in these movies. We can make a fun little topic of. And just let me know what... What are some of the ones you've seen that had spiders in them? And what? how did seeing these images impact you if you were somebody that had a fear of spiders? So that will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on tomsbigspiders.com. You can find me on Tom's Big Spiders on YouTube. Don't know if I will get a video up this week. It's getting, we're toward the end of the school year. It's the mad rush. Plus, Billy and I are about to adopt another dog. We're terrible. We, we said after Lily Pat, we have this tradition in the Moran house, just to explain. I think I explained this with Molly that part of our healing process afterwards is, all right, let's find our next awesome, you know, Moran Hall of Fame dog. And this one we planned on waiting on for a while. And I just so happened to be at work. I clicked on something and Pet Finder came up. It was a complete accident. I was not on Pet Finder. I'm like, all right, this is, uh, this might be fate here. And I popped on, put a search in, and a dog popped up that had the similar description to the way Lily was when we got her. So long story short, we're going to be picking her up next weekend. Unfortunately, we have to get up at like 4.30 to be where we need to be to pick her up. That's a bit of a, I need my sleep on Saturdays, but that's probably going to cut into my video time. So anyway, long story short, I'm going to try to get a video up next week, but if I don't, I'm still around. I'm still kicking. It's just been a busy time of the year. And remember, my summer break's coming where I get to do longer videos and kind of ones that I have to do more work on because I have more time on my hands. That'll do it for this one, guys. As always, stay safe. We'll catch you all next time.